Okay, and welcome to the show. This upload is coming to you April 12th, 2017, and you're listening to the Post Money Plan podcast at postmoneyplan.com. Today's episode is hosted by myself, Dallas Post, and I have Stefan Linden on the show with me as well. Welcome to the show, Stefan. Thanks, Dallas. Thanks for having me. So today we'll be talking about multiculturalism in the workplace and some of the risks and benefits and to handle conflicts in an environment where there's potential misunderstandings. Stefan, could you just give us some of your background? Sure. Well, I work in a big international organization with people from all over the world. So I have to speak three languages, uh, actually four languages on a daily basis. So yeah, that's very, very multicultural. A lot of people... Is the main language you speak at work the same language you grew up speaking? The main language I speak at work is uh, English, for sure. So it's not my, my mother tongue. Yeah, but my mother tongue is one of the languages I speak on a regular basis. And what else can you speak? Well, I speak uh, German, which is so German, French, Dutch, and uh, some Spanish, but that's not really active. <laughs> that kind of puts us Americans to shame. We seem to only know one language, maybe two at best. Well, uh, Europe, you kind of grow up, I mean, borders are much closer. If you're not English, if Finnish is not your mother tongue, then you have to learn it anyways. Yeah, and then the other languages come with school and with the experience going abroad. But how did you end up there? Well, I um, studied uh, biophysics and finished in 2008. I wrote my diploma thesis. And then um, after that, I decided to travel because I thought it's the last chance, really, before getting into work life and everything. So I traveled for a year, always on a budget. I met a lot of people. I mean, traveled all, all around the world. I met a lot of people from different countries, speaking different languages. And yeah, it was a very, very interesting experience. Finishing that, uh, coming back in 2009, right after the financial crisis, I was thinking, okay, where could I... Where could I find work? And uh, especially because of this one-year traveling experience, I was looking for some international workplace because I really enjoyed speaking, learning other languages and getting to know different cultures. So so then you were looking for a workplace where you could get some exposure from people from all over the place? Exactly, exactly. That and giving me the opportunity to learn another language, that would be perfect. So that's how I... That's at least what I considered while looking for a job. And was it also part of the work requirements that you needed to know multiple languages? Yes, yes, yes. I need to know uh, English, French, and German. So that was required. So I had to work a bit of my French. (laughs) That uh, was still from my school, so I had to refresh it. So I went to Paris for three months uh, on an internship to learn French. Okay. So then, in your work experience, how long have you been there, by the way? Um, They're now six and a half years. Okay, so in that experience, could you describe, have you experienced some of the benefits of multiculturalism in the workplace? Let me rephrase that. What are some of the benefits you've seen from having a workplace where people are from all over and have different backgrounds and experiences and cultures and language? Well, first of all, as I said before, if you really like to speak different languages, learn different languages, that's a huge plus because you can keep them active, especially if you already know them a little bit, you can you can work on your language skills, something like that. Then also you get new insights. Uh, it's interesting if you're interested in people in general, then it's interesting to see how the other cultures uh, 
handle certain things. I mean, there are differences for sure. In terms of approach to work, do you see people coming at things from different perspectives and then that potentially brings a new way of doing things to the work? Because sometimes in my own experience, if I've come to a new job and seen that they have a certain way of doing things and they've done it that way for a long time, and then a fresh mind or different, a new perspective comes in and opens the door for a new way of thinking about things that then can make some development or progress or improvement in efficiency. What about risks of multiculturalism in the workplace? Are there potential problems that can come from people coming from different backgrounds? Well, of course, living in a foreign country or living abroad and um, interacting with international people every day. I mean, there's always a kind of a clash of, of cultures and sometimes it's more dominant. Sometimes it's more subtle. But you worked in, a, in an international company, so you probably also have some experiences with that. Yeah, actually, yeah, I was working in the Netherlands at a Saudi oil company. So I had the exposure where I was working with local Dutch people and people from all over, really. But then a lot of the work from higher up was coming from Saudis in Saudi Arabia. And so sometimes there was a potential for miscommunication where things would be communicated from Saudi Arabia and either the intent was lost in translation or maybe a cultural misunderstanding of some sort. And then the way it was understood here in our office wasn't the same as the way it was intended. So that could cause some miscommunication. And then what was wanted didn't actually get done the way it was intended or things to that extent. And also in terms of the style of management and operations of a, of a company, I can think as an American, I'm familiar with American companies being very profit-driven and about efficiency. And then the Saudi oil company coming from the perspective of being a state-owned oil company that hasn't had to struggle against competitors and has a much more laid-back, lax operational style, but also being very hierarchical in terms of never speaking, never jumping past ranks in the hierarchy in terms of communicating with management. People would get very offended if you went above your boss to your boss's boss or your boss's boss's boss. That was like, you don't do it that way. Whereas I know in American companies, there's been a trend in more recent years to try to have flatter organizations. So if someone was coming from that perspective, thinking, oh, I could just walk into the director's office and talk with him. Whereas then there, that would have been a faux pas where you don't do that. Yeah. Actually, I remember there, it was even to the fact of there was a canteen where people would have lunch in the office there where I worked. And lunch, there was the management table where management would sit and eat lunch together. And then the tables where everyone else would sit and eat. And there really wasn't, usually wasn't a mixing in that regard. Lunch is actually, actually a very good good point because people have very different opinions on what good food is and what not so good food is depending on their origin. So I see it in our organization every day during lunch that people coming from different countries prefer very different dishes. And so food is one thing. I mean, it's not that colleagues get in conflict over food, but yeah, it's a, it's a point that comes up. Another thing that I remember from my work in the Netherlands was just in terms of work style and work-life balance, we also had, because of the combination of the Saudi oil company, but it was actually founded by Standard Oil, Americans that were looking for oil in Saudi Arabia. So 
It's a Saudi-run company based on American principles operating in Holland. <laughs> and so all those things combined made it a very unique and convoluted operational experience, mm. I think. And one thing that the Dutch locals had to get used to was the Saudi management style and also because it was still part of the Saudi parent company in Saudi Arabia, it would still operate on Islamic holidays and some American holidays. So there was a real mishmash of cultures in that respect, too. And so operationally, we had to know that during a time like Ramadan, when Muslims are fasting, there would be less communication from the Saudi counterparts in Saudi Arabia. And so then we had to adapt and know that communication was going to be slower during those time periods and work was going to move a bit slower. Or I'm sure vice versa in times like between like Christmas and New Year's, not a lot of work was getting done on our side here and they might be waiting for something. And so they had to prepare people or communicate ahead of time so that there wasn't a dissatisfaction with the... Or so that there wasn't uh, a conflict in mismanaged expectations. And how did you how did you handle integration when you were living in the Netherlands? Because I think for me and for a lot of other expats, so expatriates, people living abroad, working abroad, integration is a is a key factor, a key point. I personally found it very very difficult. Like, what is your exper experience with it? Well, ironically, my first full-time work experience was in the Netherlands. So I only worked part-time jobs or internships. I worked an internship in Saudi Arabia, and I worked some part-time jobs in America. And then my first full, full-time job was in the Netherlands. So strangely enough, my first true work experience was at, a, you could say, a Saudi company in the Netherlands and not at an American company. So I didn't have the same frame of reference in terms of, I didn't have the same work culture shock that maybe a regular American might have if they first grew up in America, worked for an American company, and then went to the Netherlands or went to Saudi Arabia. I grew up in Saudi Arabia, so I was familiar with Saudi culture, and then I didn't work ahead of time in the U.S. much before then starting working in the Netherlands. So it was actually not too bad of a shock to me, but I did witness it secondhand from Dutch colleagues who struggled with understanding Saudi culture because unlike me, they hadn't been raised in it. So they weren't as familiar and understanding with the way they operated and, and things worked. And so in that sense, I was actually able to get along better and communicate better with the Saudi counterparts And then I think I was able to get work done a little bit better because of that understanding. Okay. So for me, as the organization is European-based and European-run, there was no real problem integrating into the organization itself, but more of a problem to integrate into the national society because you come as an expat to a foreign country and then work is one point, is one side of the, of the thing, but you also have a, have a life outside work. Right. And then integrating into into the society, I found it very, very challenging, mainly because normally places where there are a lot of internationals living, then, of course, the, the ratio between internationals and locals is normally coming to the city where there are a lot of expats working means that there's also, of course, a lot of 
expat society. Right. And as quite often, a lot of those expats are only staying for a couple of years. So it's really hard to integrate into, I mean, it's easy to integrate into the expat society, but then people change all the time. So people leave, people come. So it's, like, right. it's not very stable. Uh, stable, exactly. However, integrating into the local society is much harder because for the locals, they also like the stability with the expats. At least that's my experience. So why should they invest into a relationship with someone who might leave after three years anyways? And um, I mean, you can't blame them for that. They have their friends and family since years and years. And you, as an expat, maybe not speaking the language, you come to, to their country and you try to integrate. But it's just, I, fi- I found it very challenging. Yeah. From an American perspective, that's even more surprising to hear from you, I, I would think, for most people, because to us Americans, we might say, oh, a German in the Netherlands, that doesn't sound too different. So it wouldn't seem that intimidating. But I guess it's not even as close to, say, an American going to Canada or a Canadian going to America, because then if it's English and English, there's still the same language. But Germany, you have German and Holland, you have Dutch. So there definitely is a difference in culture. Yeah. And then in your time here in Holland, have you noticed a difference in terms of philosophy towards either work or work-life balance or life in general between what you've come from and what you experience here in Holland? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I mean, there are even differences in that, in regional differences in that in Germany. So it depends, depending on where you are working in Germany, you might have a different uh, different way of um, work life or a different work life balance, different way of, of looking at work life balance. But then coming to another country, uh, it changes it again. And um, so in general, the, the, the Dutch, I would say, are a bit more relaxed. They don't see work as serious as, as the Germans do. So that's, that's one thing I can say that comes to mind. Okay, so what would be your rebuttal to the American stereotype of Germans being like very regimented and on schedule and serious about work? Well, you've never you've never driven the, the German trains, <laughs> which are always late, never on time. So, so that, the stereotype completely out the window. At least when it comes to train systems. No, I mean, there are a lot of stereotypes. And to be honest, most of them are wrong in, in most ways. Of course, there's always a part on which the stereotype fits. So did you have any preconceptions of the way things would operate in Holland before you came? Were there any surprises once you got here and in terms of culture and or things that were a bit difficult to adapt to? Yes, there's always things that's difficult to adapt to. I miss the the German bread. <laughs> so I mean, there's always things you you miss from your home country when you're you're going somewhere abroad. I think, and if you if you don't, then count yourself lucky. But um, so there's there's food things that I miss. Luckily, it's not that far, so I can go on the weekend, do some shopping in Germany. Worst case, if I really if I really want to. I mean, there's always some preconceptions. As you said before, stereotypes, preconceptions you have. Germany and the Netherlands, there's a, a long, very old animosity going on when it comes to, to soccer, <laughs> the real football. <laughs> so coming here, I was a 
a little bit worried that... Wait, could, what year did you say you, you moved to the Netherlands? 2010. There was a World Cup that was going on that summer, right? Were you here for that? I was here for the World Cup, yes. How did Germany do in that one? Oh, shit. <laughs> you Germany <don't> <laughs> third, I think. Did Germany and the Netherlands play in, in that one? No, they didn't. The Netherlands uh, went to the finals against Spain, where Germany was kicked out uh, against Spain in the semis. Unfortunately, otherwise we would have had an epic finals. <laughs> We're kind of going in a bit of a different direction. How about, have you experienced any conflict that's risen in your workplace because of misunderstandings or differences in philosophy coming from different perspectives, like different cultural perspectives? I haven't witnessed one personally, but uh, I remember that when I started, people were telling us to be open-minded and um, always try to understand the other, for the persons you're dealing with, just because they stressed because we are living in a or working in an international environment and people have different cultural backgrounds. So just be as open-minded as you can to try to prevent any unnecessary conflicts before they even start. Okay. And do you think operating on that advice helped you to avoid problems or it, it wouldn't have been an issue for you anyway? Well, I don't think... I always smile a bit about that advice because I don't think it's necessary. For me, at least, it was never necessary because I think most people who come to a foreign country work internationally um, are open-minded, anyways. So I, I never really, really thought there's a reason, there's a necessity for this advice, but probably there is. I mean, people are different, so um, didn't do anything for me in particular. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I would say my experience, some of the bigger conflicts I dealt with at the Saudi oil company here in the Netherlands was less about miscommunication between a Dutch and Saudi perspective, but in just personal issues between people where there would be an assertive man and a woman that might get upset from that or a woman who wanted to have her way in everything and and everyone else was wrong. And so those things were less about culture and just about personality. Yeah. Although a culture can be a, a big catalyst for conflict, I think bigger issues can come just from individual personalities in not being understanding of other people. But nonetheless, uh, I guess what I would get at in terms of mitigating conflict because of coming from different backgrounds, I would say to be aware of your own biases. Be aware of your own biases when you're approaching a problem or uh, interaction with other people. If you know some of the starting assumptions that you're making, then that self-awareness can help you to understand why you came to your conclusions that are different than someone else's conclusions, because maybe they didn't start with those same biases. For me in that workplace, it was also just helpful. Like I said before, it was very helpful having grown up in Saudi Arabia and, and having been familiar with Saudi culture and the way of operating that helped me to not jump to conclusions when certain information was conveyed or a project was needed to be completed. That understanding helped me to not make assumptions and understand where people were coming from or management was coming from somewhat when they were making requests or projects needed to get done. And that helped me to get work done more effectively and communicate with parties better. 
I also found that just trying to be as clear as possible in terms of communicating with people and also conveying what information has already been communicated so that everybody's on the same page helped a lot, regardless of what culture they were coming from. The last thing I would say there is that regardless of where people were coming from, being empathetic and trying to understand how someone else is thinking about a situation helped me a lot in terms of understanding others and getting to the desired outcomes. Let me ask you this. Do you think that knowing multiple languages helps you think about things differently? Does that expand your thinking at all? It opens up way more options in acquiring knowledge because you have access to, to more different sources and you can put things into perspective, see things from the outside, so see how the outside world, like where, how people who would normally be the outside world, if you wouldn't speak or understand that language, how they see things. So that is one thing that multiple speaking multiple languages can give you. What about any advice for people entering a multicultural work environment? Is there anything that you could advise people in terms of things that they should think about or do to help operate in a multicultural environment? Well, as, uh, as I was told, and I was already saying that it's probably not necessary, but definitely you should be open-minded. As you said as well, try to be empathetic. So try to understand the other person and try to consider where the other person is coming from, what cultural background, and so on. And I think that helps. Okay. So that just covers some of the things that we wanted to talk about in terms of multiculturalism in the workplace in general, some things you might want to think about or be aware of, and some of the benefits of multiculturalism in the workplace, and some risks as well, and how to handle some conflict, and some of the risks of multiculturalism in the workplace, and that about covers it. Thanks for coming on the show, Stefan. Thank you, Dallas, for having me. So thanks for joining us, and you can catch us next time on another episode of the Post Money Plan Podcast. 